Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reid, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June 2024. Good luck. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Rochelle Travers and this is The Leader. Jake Daniels has made history by becoming the first openly gay male professional footballer in Britain in 32 years. The Blackpool forward has been praised by the likes of Harry Kane, Gary Lineker and even the Prime Minister Boris Johnson. The young player says he hopes to inspire others to come out, including those in the Premier League. But will they? I'm joined by Joe White, the co-chair of Pride in Football, a network of UK LGBT plus football fans. I don't think it can be understated how big of a deal this is. It's the first player, as as you said, to come out whilst playing in the English game since Justin Fashionu. And I think it's especially important to note that this is someone who's 17, who's at the start of their career. It's not someone who's already kind of had their whole career and is coming to the end and feels it's time and fine to talk about it then. But it's someone who's doing it at the start of their career of what looks to be a really promising one as well and I think that optimism and hope is really something that is seen across the reaction on social media um, from LGBT plus people and and fans generally and it's something to show that football is for everyone and you can be LGBT and play football watch football and just be a part of this beautiful game. Jake says he hopes that he'll inspire Premier League footballers to come out. But what sort of pressures are forcing those players to hide their identities? I think there is a lot of pressure um, just generally on coming out, whether you're an elite footballer or or not. And I think that is just an additional kind of pressure when you're at the top of the game and you're wanting to focus on what you love and enjoy of playing football. But I think what is really powerful about Jake's story is and what Jake's been saying is, you know, that feeling of relief of telling someone and he was commenting that once he told his his mum and his sister that the next uh, day, the next game, he scored four goals. And it is so much easier to be giving your best and focusing on football if you're not having to worry about trying to cover up your sexuality or, or hide any part of you. And that's the real power of being able to be authentically yourself and deliver the best you can. Now, you're a big football fan. When you're in the stands cheering on your team, have you ever had any negative experiences? 
Yeah, so um, unfortunately, and I, I know I'm not alone in this, I still hear homophobic chanting, still experience transphobia as well. But unfortunately, just last night, so after Jake had uh, come out, there were instances of homophobic and transphobic abuse towards Arsenal fans at the Newcastle game. So it's it's still a lot of work that needs to be done in football, but having positive stories around LGBT inclusion is a really, really huge step. And it's, it's a great way of making sure that these conversations are being had um, and that we're continually progressing rather than pausing when uh, we don't have anything to talk about, it, it seems. So there's definitely more to do, but I, I think having stories of positivity like Jake's are, are really important in keeping that message moving forwards. And what's it like online? Yeah, I mean, social media is is both a blessing and a curse. You you see a lot of positivity on it, and that I think that was the great thing to see after yesterday's announcement. Is there was overwhelming support and positivity from across the game, from fans, from clubs, from players, and that was really really welcoming to see. But you still do get the the trolls, and you you still get people saying, "Why does it matter?" or making really explicit homophobic remarks and social media is a difficult sphere to kind of navigate companies need to be doing more to tackle abuse on their platforms and they're not at the moment but what we can do is we can try and outweigh the the negatives by being extremely positive and i think the one really really heartwarming thing that we've seen from this this whole piece of news is that he obviously told Blackpool earlier this year and it didn't get leaked and they've made sure that he's been really well supported and I think that is an absolute credit to the club and and to the team around him. What would it have meant to you growing up seeing an active prominent male professional footballer like Jake Daniels at games and on TV? I think this is this is possibly the point that Jake might not realise how impactful this is going to be not just within football but for LGBT plus people generally. I know myself and, and many other people who are LGBT and absolutely love football took periods away from uh, watching and engaging in football because of how homophobic, biphobic and transphobic it was and actually finally seeing that representation on the pitch is just hugely joyous and it shows people that actually football is for people like us and we shouldn't feel that we can be forced out of the game by people who are homophobic. And I think that's a really, really powerful thing for lots of young LGBT people, but also LGBT people who've gone away from football and are thinking of coming back. This is a clear sign that actually football is for everyone. Let's go to the ads. Stay there to hear us discuss some of the issues with the upcoming Qatar World Cup. Whilst you're here, why not give the leader a rate and follow? There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Welcome back. So later this year, we've got the World Cup in guitar. This is the stage where legends are made. Artists become heroes and epic football is played. The LGBT plus community have been outspoken about the issues with having the competition there. How are you feeling about it? I think it's almost testament to how far we've come in the last 12 years because when the World Cup was awarded to Russia and Qatar, we weren't having this level of conversation about LGBT plus inclusion in sport or in football. And now we are, and it's something that actually FIFA and World Cup organisers have to listen to and have to be aware of. I think with Qatar, there are a lot of different issues, not just LGBT plus uh, rights, but from the LGBT perspective, there are so many questions that are still left unanswered. And I think that's the frustrating part for LGBT fans. We want to make sure that if people do go, that they are guaranteed to be safe, that they are guaranteed to be able to book accommodation with, with a partner and not have to get separate rooms. It's, it's things like that. And at the moment, there are just holes in all of the answers and slaps of uh, media-worthy quotes of a World Cup for all without actually any evidence on how that's going to be achieved. And I think that's just really disappointing for fans, but we we won't stop trying to have this engagement with the organisers and with FIFA to make sure that people will be safe come, come this winter and will be included in World Cups to come. Are you considering going to any of the games? Uh, so I have actually applied for my tickets just because uh, I haven't really made my mind up on whether I will be going or not. And um, I think payment goes out towards the end of this summer. So I've, I've applied for my tickets as part of the travel club um, because the deadline was April. Uh, so I'd, I'd like to have the option at least. But it, it's, it's a real difficulty. I remember in, in Russia, I had to send all of my travel details and accommodation information to friends and family because we'd had death threats before we went out. And it's it's really concerning in Qatar as well, given given the legal status of LGBT people there and wanting to make sure that equally any activity we do, even if that's just having a Three Lines Pride banner at, at games, doesn't cause damage to local LGBT people and LGBT Qataris who'll have to live with the consequences after the World Cup has packed up and moved on their their sites to 2026 and if they don't give you the concrete answers you want will you go i i don't think i'd be able to feel safe and comfortable going without without these assurances and i also don't think it'd be fair on kind of putting my friends and family and my partner uh, chris through that because i'm sure they'd be just just as worried if not more um if i went and I think that's an important thing to consider as well. It's not just us that has to kind of make this decision and, and 
live with with our choice of whether we go and feel safe or not it's it's also our friends and our family who care about us that that will obviously have an interest as well and that's it from the leader this podcast is back tomorrow at 4 p.m Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.